Welcome to today's episode of Tartugeo, the podcast for geography and GIS lovers, brought to you from the Department of Geography at the University of Tartu in Estonia. This show is brought to you by your hosts, myself, Alex, and Tahmin, but Tahmin is unfortunately not here today. Okay, for today's episode, we have the pleasure to talk with Gaspar Anton, who is the founder and CEO of IV Technologies. IV provides on-demand mapping technologies for transportation, infrastructure, consulting, management, and services companies. IV's mission is to make 3D mapping more accessible and infrastructure management more sustainable. Hi, Gaspar. Hi, Alexander. Nice to be here. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, we had this really nice sort of introductory talk, uh, what is it, two weeks ago. Um, but of course, for our listeners, we have to go through this all again. <laughs> so we would really like to know, how was your journey towards geoinformatics or, you know, your position, IV, the work that you do? It would be really nice if you would introduce yourself a bit more for our listeners. Yeah, sure. Uh, the journey, actually, it's... Uh, But that's how everything started for me was that uh, work, being a university student, I didn't uh, involve anything regarding geography, but somehow my work got related to company Regio and uh, Regio being uh, leading uh, like uh, cartography and geo-info systems company in Estonia. So that's where I get my hands on in the first uh, like mapping data. And then what was my role was to produce the, the geography mapping data while being uh, on the car driving around Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. So it's like uh, updating all the, the maps, all the Baltics, exactly. And then I think there, there was when I got my kind of hands on and I knew that this is definitely the, the sector I want to be involved in my rest of my life. And then I've been evolving with the mapping sector ever since uh, the second biggest push actually came with uh, with uh, some small name starting with uh, G, the company Google, who is uh, also a bit of doing one thing or another in geospatial industry. So, yeah. so well, my team was part of the Google Street View and then we operated Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Google Street, Street View capture. Wow. And and that's what we're, where we actually Uh, brainstormed our and then involved our idea that we want to provide similar sense of technology to all companies who want to get hands-on in the geospatial mapping. Um, how, how, can, I, can I ask, maybe interrupt yeah. you for a moment, how, how was it sort of possible for you guys suddenly to get involved with Google? Did, did they reach out to you or how, how did that no. happen? It was actually uh, the huge work of uh, of uh, Regio, one of the top uh, sales managers, uh, who who got uh, this uh, contact uh, like happening, and then then found out that actually it's quite okay to outsource some of the the data capture to the companies. So so it was a long journey of work behind it, and then lot of people actually to make it happen. Wow. Uh, But it was a nice uh, kind of uh, entry project because uh, you know, the, the, these uh, mapping, uh, mobile mapping uh, technologies that uh, we've used in that project were kind of uh, 
for us it was uh, getting hands off on something from the future <laughs> so it was like uh, yeah. we were really amazed how everything worked and you know once the project ended it was taken away so we felt like wow what what happened now what are, what are we going yeah. to do? we can't live without it it was already like <laughs> Or, or like uh, uh, ecosystem or, or like air we breathe. So, so we started with with only like three guys at that back, back then. That yeah, we're gonna do something similar, and then we're gonna kickstart kind of a, st- a startup journey that uh, developing the, this kind of mobile mapping systems, but uh, but even more the the software and the processes that comes after the data is captured. So, so that's where we are focused more right now. And so, uh, so yeah, the yeah, journey continue. Was, yeah. Journey was quite quite a long. Uh, I would say six years when we were kind of uh, service providers uh, in in uh, several continents. But uh, now with the uh, last year, uh, I would say spin off from the company Regio Riccio, not the Regio na- changed name to Riccio, and then now now we've spinned off from the company Riccio. We are on on our own, and then now we are helping all companies who were similar like us that they want to provide uh, uh, mapping services in in their target market so so we are giving them uh, our uh, six years of expertise in the software platform that we provide that can extract uh, several kinds of features uh, to their exact use cases so so that's that's kind of the journey uh, behind it and then we are Morning fast. It has been, I think, uh, in a sense, Estonia has been like a nice uh, ch- uh, way to kickstart the business line that there is so much happening in geospatial uh, content uh, that yeah. uh, that you can really kind of uh, test out the future technologies already today. Uh, looking yeah. that uh, there is like autonomous taxis, uh, shuttles, uh, robots running around. Yeah, uh, huge companies doing uh, geospatial intelligence platforms, and then there are like uh, very good uh, this kind of a startup ecosystem in place that you can find quickly your supporters and and start up your journey as fast as possible. So I think like it's a it has been a nice ride to the day and more to come soon. <laughs> that is that is amazing. I, I love your passion, and I think this is something that is. Uh, It's really nice to see also, um, you know, to keep, I mean, how many years is that already? I mean, and you are still like this extremely passionate about it. How how many years? I mean. Yeah, I think it's uh, roughly 15 years in the industry, I think. Unbelievable. Almost, almost 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Working and uh, looking how, how the... Uh, I think the fashion still comes that uh, I think right now we are in the in the in the period where a lot of shifting is is like uh, happening and uh, when I started 15 years ago it was another shifting that this kind of uh, new technologies that came started to affect uh, at least in my sector of geospatial industry and now with uh, this uh, autonomous uh, sector moving in, uh, the digital winds are talked in every city and then yeah. soon there will be like uh, a bit different point of view for the future. So so I, I love it being, not being part of it, but being one enabler to make it happen faster. I'm quite unpatient, so I'm trying to put the, I, 
take the future and bring it closer with my activities. <laughs> that that's a good position to be in. It's 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 interesting how you how you say that you you don't want to be part of it as such, but you want to even be an enabler, which you know, which puts you in an even better position. You you mentioned that uh, your studies actually didn't uh, in the beginning have to do something with uh, with the mapping. Yeah, I actually uh, finished the uh, Estonian Aviation Academy, so uh, ah, okay, <laughs> wow, and learning uh, how to run an aviation company, and then ended up running a geospatial uh, company instead. So hey, but but you know, planes also have to fly around somewhere, I, right? You know, it's also already location <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, so my my education is not involved, but uh, I think I've been uh, over the, this uh, decade learning about the industry. I could uh, mm. uh, say that uh, they are my everything related the work that I'm doing has taught me all necessary. Since uh, yeah. there are a lot of uh, R&D projects happening uh, mostly with Tallinn Technical University, but Tartu University as well. Uh, so there is uh, this uh, new innovation coming from university to actually start, kickstart, and I'm I'm kind of the, the in the middle ground of trying to get that knowledge and put it in the effective workload in the in the business sector. So so that that's, that, uh, that is really that is really good because um, uh, this is something we also in in uh, in research sometimes sometimes we might either either we in research sometimes forget. Um, you know, what we doing the research for in the very end, you know, and the very end has to be to the benefit, you know, for, let's say, society, you know, or for the advancement of humanity, right? Of course, there's the foundational research, you know, where you don't even know how to apply this knowledge. But this goes, you know, along the, the consum cons consumption line down and further, eventually it will end up in a product, right? And the product can then actually be used. And in reverse, sometimes when we talk with, with um, uh, industry people, sometimes we feel a bit that they seem to forget that the original research that enabled, you know, all the technical things that they can do, where they say now that they do it better than university, it is because it comes from originally the research still comes from from research. So I think we all should just really acknowledge each other's work, which I which I really want to appreciate that that, that the way you just said that that you know university and industry research you know mm -hmm. products it's it's it all has their place really yeah definitely uh, it, yeah i've been uh, when just running uh, with uh, this uh, quite two year r&d project with Taltech, it has teach me a lot like how uh, I was in a bit of uh, in the position uh, two years ago, uh, as you described, that the university is just like researching something and the industry is putting in work. But I think uh, the combination of like uh, trying to uh, give the university studies already ahead, like uh, one, two year ahead uh, of these kind of uh, uh, milestones or requirements, what the industry will be looking for, uh, will help a lot that uh, the, 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 the results coming up out from research can be productized in the year later so mm -hmm. it's like a normal side of the of the workload and and if you take this into account already in the early beginning you can 
affected and that's why like uh, ivy technologies is not yet like a huge corporation but but we are working very closely with university giving like mm-hmm. what we see that will be the the challenges ahead in one two year and we need to start researching it today to be able to have it productized in two years so, mm-hmm. so that's like a normal process that i see but but i mean if i if i may be so upfront with that question um, somebody still has to pay also the university people that they do the research, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, uh, nothing, nothing comes free. So uh, I would say that uh, right now I see that uh, there are so many uh, funds that uh, that are able to support the research development and and uh, the kind of uh, the companies, uh, the industry needs to find these and help university acquire these. And that's where I've been ah, like, very active. That, that, that is uh, good. That is good. Quite, quite often that it is meant for industry to apply, to be given to the university. So so I'm very actively finding out what is what is possible to oh, get wow, and, yeah. and where to get the funding. That is, and I think that is something part, that needs to be also more communicated across let's say across the sectors right that that there's the will also that the people want to work together again really um and another thing i would say to the industry is that uh, you don't uh, don't look at like a small project site that you are now getting one research project and it starts and ends and happens and i am always rather looking that there is a team in the in the in the in the research uh, in the university that i want to have multiple projects throughout the year so it's a rather of like yeah. devel- putting effort to have this team in the university that Long finds term. new and new and new research yeah. necessary that and you you have like it, it will become as a part of your own team kind of even so that's yeah. how I a, yeah a long-term innovation sort of relationship yeah, huh? yeah that is yeah. that is one of the that you read also in uh, from from many founders who have really this long-term view also and they also have to think about rather long-term sustainable things to build and grow things that eventually are of mutual benefit for everybody. That's mm-hmm. a, a very nice perspective. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe, um, oh yeah. so the next question is sort of uh, around your, your, your personal interest or your personal drive in <laughs> geoinformatics and then in mapping in your particular case. And we usually try to split this question into like three sort of subtopics. The first thing is um, aiming at research development, sort of what are the things that, you know, are interesting for you or for Ivy to um, to, to look into. Then the second is, um, do you guys consider or you for yourself or towards others teaching or training of some sort in, in uh, technologies. And the third thing, what are your sort of, you know, current favorite projects or problem solving uh, interests? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, three parts. Yeah, what is the, the interest behind? Uh, like, uh, I, I would uh, start with that part. What drives me actually is uh, uh, Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek. I'm, yeah, I'm always being uh, very like uh, science fiction fan, and then you know already in 15 years in in, in Star Trek you saw this uh, how the 
this hologram of the city appears and you kind of uh, zoom in and then look the smallest detail and you can plan like everything in your hand of your palm. So, uh, and I think that uh, I'm always thinking like, when will it actually be like uh, happening yeah. in, in the real yeah. case scenario? So, so uh, there are several components to be able to make it happen. One part is the like uh, hardware and how the holograms, everything work. But mm -hmm. uh, another thing that uh, maybe people get to forget is the, the data behind of that, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the geospatial data. And, and yeah. then I'm, I'm been able, helping uh, the, this future to happen in, in that content. So there will be uh, enough details mapped of the, of the entire world that you actually can just open your palm and, and zoom in wherever. So, so that, that's kind yeah. of my personal drive to have, ha have it happen within the next uh, 10 years. So uh, the, the actual digital twin in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> basically digital twin in your hand. So the digital nice. twin of the world. <laughs> But the, uh, so, and soon after maybe because uh, Elon is already starting to the colonize Mars. So the next, next planet will be so you can have two poles already. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's kind of a personal drive behind it. Um, uh, Regarding the, the uh, more specific, like uh, I would say, three-year emission to in in our in where why we are uh, started up IV technologies is that we saw that the uh, no, geospatial industry is definitely where we want to be. Like uh, I, I'm not very. Uh, I haven't been uh, learning it in university, but all my other team members kind of are. So they are like combination of geographers and then the geoinformation system and and uh, civil engineers and, and software yeah. developers. Uh, so we wanted to revolutionize one part of industry, and then we saw that the the road infrastructure management is being done like old ways, kind of 20 years back. Uh, with not much uh, geospatial info used for for smart planning and and then predictive maintenance so so we started ivy technologies uh, changing that and now we are giving this uh, uh, capabilities to the companies who are who uh, can have effect of, of innovation in the in that sector and it's already happening quite fast um With the trainings and and uh, kind of uh, uh, giving back the, the know-how and knowledge, or how to say, uh, I've been very supportive always. Like I'm myself looking ways to be able to uh, uh, give my, the information that the, the experience I have got uh, from my. Uh, Uh, startup journey to, to give it back or, or give it to, to the next ones the, the emotion and the, and the difficulties good things and bad things so 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 uh, the next uh, uh, founders in line can already take it as a, maybe uh, support uh, their decisions of taking that journey or not so uh, that's that's one part that I'm definitely exploring but And and uh, hopefully even uh, have a, uh, some part in the in the startup uh, kind of uh, teaching round in in uni in uh, top university. Who knows? Uh, yeah. While my team actually, I think the main uh, our top engineers are giving lectures in uh, in uh, Tallinn Technical University. Oh, yeah. uh, 
they were giving the lectures before they joined my team. So I'm always telling that don't stop that part, but keep that part of yeah. like uh, even with uh, smaller dedication, like 0 0.2 or, or 0 0.3 uh, involvement in the university, because that's actually uh, teaching something gives you a best way to knowing how well you know yourself this part because you yeah. you are not able to teach if you don't uh, think it through first and then I think that's that's definitely important uh, part of uh, of uh, acquiring knowledge yourself yeah so that is that is um do you have i don't know do you have um because of your experience already and you say you know the, you know you you are also trying to be involved with industry as well as with, let's say, funding agencies in order to know when those um, fundings are available. I guess something Enterprise Estonia or, or along those lines where you can have those industry research um, sort of collaborations, spin-off information. Do you um, also, I don't know, do you, uh, with your experience, have been approached that, um, I don't know, some other startup needs you as a mentor or this type of thing? Uh, not yet. I think uh, being uh, building up the startup in, in this uh, epidemic time, you know, it's uh, the information doesn't yet go too wide. Uh, so I yeah. think, uh, I think uh, now, probably in the upcoming years, definitely uh, we'll have that opportunity. Right now, it's uh, uh, still building up my own. And and uh, you know, rather uh, expressing the, the, this uh, um, uh, feeling and and uh, all all the journey to to uh, universities or or even uh, high school students to to like uh, make them more thinking towards starting it early already because I started my first business actually when I was uh, in 10th grade. <laughs> uh, in a uh, yeah, small town in Rapla, there was internet was not yet uh, very uh, spread out, so I, I started yeah. the net business, spreading it myself to three different uh, uh, buildings, uh, and then providing it out to the the clients, kind of. So, so it's like okay. I made my first exit when I was 17 before before, wow. or before coming to, to start to, to learn in the Estonian Innovation Academy. So, yeah, oh, yeah it's... Uh, <laughs> Raplas is a first, first internet provider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and my internet providers were already there, but it was too expensive for like uh, to get acquire it. Only rich people ah, had it. So okay. I, I took it in and spread it across. So, uh, <laughs> All right, this way. Yeah. Like a like a subset like a dis redistribution, yeah, yeah, nice one. Small SaaS company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clever. Um, maybe um, you have a moment to um, tell us a little bit about Ivy. What what maybe Ivy's main um, main challenge or main product currently is, or, or towards where um, Ivy wants to specialize? Yeah, uh, yeah. Since from our spin-off, we were we have been mainly focusing uh, combining our AI algorithm on top of mobile mapping data to start extracting uh, 
features necessary for, for road asset management or predictive maintenance. So, so basically, uh, how to use the, the, the geography, uh, the geoinformatics data uh, to predict the road defects before they happen. Uh, and that way you, you know you, ah. you could uh, repair the road with uh, 100 times smaller budget because you are repairing it before it actually happens. Before it actually really <laughs> had those big potholes, yeah? Yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, yeah. So, so, and then there is a lot of this kind of, uh, oh. we are uh, applying uh, this, uh, uh, machine learning and deep learning algorithms to start understanding the the, the imagery patterns and and the kind of three uh, D point cloud patterns to to predict before it it will happen. So so that's that's our our currently kind of uh, strongest focus. And then we are already you know, looking how they this industry has been doing it uh, for the past twenty years. How they use the data, no. Our algorithms are all already matching all necessary standards, and now we are rather looking like we are going beyond standards to see, show that actually there is much more to be able to do. Uh, but you need to know how, uh, you you must have enough awareness to actually how to use mm. the geospatial data in that industry, and then the, yeah. the awareness has been raised up exponentially. I think right now all countries are talking about how to utilize. Uh, uh, these kind of uh, road asset management systems uh, more effectively, and and uh, so we are in the right timing in the right place. How how do you um, do this sort of let's say market research or this? How do you get really to know what the clients really need? I mean, how do you find that out before yeah, you build? The only it? way possible. <laughs> the only way possible, you know, it's uh, to talk with them. <laughs> so so yeah. that's that's also the reason why we are at. Uh, five countries at the same time so we are very strongly in uh, Finland, Sweden, uh, Poland, UK and Estonia right now and probably we'll open up Norway and France uh, within this year and then we are although our, our clients themselves are, are, are also a, a business sector we are very much uh, involved in all, all uh, government sector activities to understand how this uh, Road infrastructure uh, management is is uh, thriving and going in in the in the vision roadmap. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, all all our necessary input still comes so from. Are you, first. are you then uh, talking? Are you like calling uh, all the people all the time? Yeah, <laughs> is there a lot of communication? I guess. Yeah, I think uh, that's. Uh, uh, being myself a, a sales manager of uh, in Europe before I started Ivy, I think it was like all the time like you needed to more call and then go to the meet the client and then because of the pandemic, you know everything goes online now, so it's yeah. uh, you you get people to talk much faster and the video calls happening and and it actually kind of even has helped to if, if you build up the process uh, efficiently like that, then you can. Uh, acquire the information much faster than, than before. People yeah. are more open up in the video calls than they were before. Oh, that is, that is so in a way, it's a, almost a positive side effect. <laughs> I always try to find positive positive effects. Uh, out that is of, great. Uh, <laughs> that is great. Um, uh, we, 
maybe want to look a little bit uh, towards the future. Yeah. And um, uh, we want to look look at two aspects. One time, how do you see geospatial future in the near future, or you know, and for your own, for yourself, where do you, I don't know, see Ivy in, I don't know, five years or yourself? Wait, so so where where does the geospatial journey go? Yeah, I think well, as I mentioned before, that the, the the shift is happening and uh, kind of the change is happening, and and what the change that is currently. Uh, starting to take small part of the geospatial market and, and evolving is that uh, uh, I think most of the people uh, have been looking uh, geospatial uh, as uh, two-dimensional and, and as I see that uh, right now the third dimension is like pushing in so, so that is the all our understanding of maps are going into 3D and they are going uh, more mm -hmm. Uh, with the, re the requirements every single day, uh, so uh, and, and the, the necessary push that is given to them by autonomous sector already, but this VR, AR, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality applications that are coming uh, also in the next couple of years more heavily, they give the, the final push. So I would say that eventually you have only like. Uh, Uh, contact lens in your eye and, and mm -hmm. everything necessary in geospatial content will be visualized to you. So it, basically you don't need a phone anymore or, or any other advertisement outside because uh, everything can be visualized against uh, like breaking a barrier between the virtual and the real world. I think that's, that's what, what's happening and, uh, and how that barrier can be break the geospatial uh, uh, content is in the middle helping that break to happen so so that's that's i think that that's gonna happen uh, and uh, not 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 going to happen but that's how what i'm helping to happen <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, and, and with ivy I, I, yeah with ivy wants to be one enabler there so so we see the future that uh, uh, in five years there uh, oh, The, this uh, enormous amount of, of uh, mapping data is coming from uh, uh, hundreds of uh, drones flying over city, autonomous cars and shuttles that are operating uh, and then uh, a huge amount of sensors in place everywhere. So there will be the data amount that we think today is like uh, already huge enough, huge enough it will it will uh, exponentially grow in uh, thousand times. <laughs> so you have like, uh, you could basically update uh, every small detail of, of uh, whatever necessary in the, in the yeah. earth within the same hour or minute. And then and, and we will be one uh, enabler platform between that enormous amount of data uh, processing and feature, extracting uh, features. So, uh, Uh, providing it to uh, these uh, databases that are already in place, so so we want to be in that that position, help, helping to make it happen as a tool. So we say it, we are a tool. Would you would you think that in the future, maybe in the next five or maybe ten years, I don't know, um, that geospatial, um, that geospatial will be will become sort of IT mainstream. 
will we will we will all IT people know also easily be able to work with uh, with geospatial data or will will um, you know geospatial always be a bit of a special thing? Oh yeah, My good question. Yeah, it's, uh, one way to look at this that uh, the uh, geospatial industry is starting to emerge to all other industries, so it's becoming one yeah. part of a specific, but but you can still kind of have it uh, uh, look at this as a separate uh, industry since uh, since uh, the. The, the differences and then the how to uh, build the software and how to build the geospatial content software are still uh, very different uh, software products. So yeah. I don't think it will become like one to one to to this uh, uh, as is IT uh, process. But in the other hand, to look at it, you can also say that it will become like uh, one specific language, like like we have uh, different lang uh, different languages for for uh, building a software product. Uh, the geospatial content will be maybe structurized as as one uh, language that you need to learn to be able to build something on top of the geospatial content. So so that maybe. Oh. But but, but I'm not also a software developer, so yeah. But oh, this is an interesting perspective. I was uh, yeah. Currently, we have I, I've been involved in uh, in a couple of uh, initiatives where where some people also discuss sort of I don't know what is GIS versus geospatial. Is geospatial more and encompasses GIS? I mean, what you guys doing? You wouldn't call GIS, would you? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the names, know, yeah. point clouds <laughs> and, and it's it's sort of borderline really no? and then machine learning and 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 uh... for me it already means the same thing kind of i think it's okay a, if you t say the are we a geographic information system company no it, I in a way you are yeah of are course. It, but it, it's a sub system that deals with uh, mobile mapping data and and this uh, real world drone data but it's yeah. still under uh, kind of the same sector yeah so yeah. It's, it's that's great to have this opinion that is that is really cool um so as we also really try to sort of aim also towards um geography or gis students or actually technical or or, or geo interested students also what what advice would you give to current gis students in a few sentences what if you would have, you know, like one thing that you would really want that those, you know, the young <laughs> people of today take take with them, you know, for their future career, or or for their future in general, maybe not even for their career, but what 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 would what advice would it be that you would give them? I would definitely advise to uh, turning your your uh, studies to go. As much practical as as possible with your task at hand to try something actually true. In my first three years of studies, uh, it didn't have involve much of the practical side, and then that's exactly how much I rem remember <laughs> about these ah. studies. That once you put your hands on 
So I think that's where you actually uh, kind of uh, structureize and save it in your mind for the years to come. And that's why I actually loved your approach that you you mentioned Alexander, to, to give like a student projects where they can now take a bit of their what they have been learning and try it out in the real data. So yeah. I would say that yeah. the geo uh, uh, students definitely need to have this uh, hands-on uh, assignments a part yeah. of their their studies because that's where you actually learn. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> that is that is. It's nice. That is that is cool. How this? Um, I think we haven't had this type of advice before. Um, I'm very practical guy myself, so. <laughs> no, I, I think this is really really valuable. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, every actually in a way it makes sense. You know, don't only learn the theory, but you know, also, but also I I must admit, really for myself, also um, even now in getting older <laughs> not that old but you know not that old i yet. still i still i still there's still several concepts which i which i know by theory you know but there's still when i actually try to like actually put them into work i still really learn something and then it really shapes something in your head how you can actually make this useful in, um, or use it in some way to to solve a problem i think that's really cool Thanks. Okay, we have we have we've also a fun question. Which place do you like the most, or would have ever wanted to visit? Which place on earth would you recommend? Where your home and heart is, yeah. <laughs> you see, you, I, I would yeah? say right now. I've been traveling around the globe. You know, I love all the places I've been visiting. I think it's. Uh, it's rather again a practical answer that uh, don't try to overthink where what where would that place be the first thing that comes in their mind that's where you should go and go uh, right away to uh, to have the the uh, experience the practical experience that, that practical experience from that place and then you can t have the next place where you want to go but if you do it too much theoretically what is the best place and you select and select and select you actually are losing uh, too much time on on thinking than uh, having it in real life and and experiencing it through so so go more practical uh, I so I, I wouldn't uh, put point out any exact place because yeah, it's uh, I, I love too many places <laughs> that is great i think that is again i mean you're full of surprises that is that is fantastic i love it then um this is this is sort of the main part of the of the podcast. Um, and uh, do you, would you like to say something? Keep keep the innovation open and, and uh, <laughs> startup mindset happening. And then this uh, startup mindset is not something that uh, that the only uh, startup founder uh, may have. I think that's something that can drive uh, everyone. It's it's about uh, how you. The perspective, how you look at things, that uh, there is always a way and there is always positive uh, way in each single point of time that you are on. And the decision, is it the positive or negative, is in only at your hands. Cool. Thanks a lot, Gaspar, for your time. Thanks, Arthur Alexander. It was great to express my point of view and, and happy to do any follow-up that comes. The pleasure was ours.
Dear listeners, this concludes our episode today. Like everywhere, please like, share and subscribe. We would be happy if you have some feedback for us. See you in the next episode.